When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. How are you, Dax Holt? He's over there on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. It's getting a little, it's getting a little bit warmer here, but like by five degrees. What's the temperature like in the in the West Coast? Um, I think in the like high 60s, low 70s, something like that. Oh, so nice, man. Look at me. I'm in a tank top, dude. This is I know. This is just, nice. I just do this to troll you. I wear tank tops to our, our, our Zooming events so we can uh, just be jealous. Do you know, by the way, did you hear the new Beyonce song? The country, the country song? one? Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I like it. Me too. I like it a lot. I'm like, man, <laughs> can you think of like how I. If I was on Beyonce's team, I would not – I got to be honest with you. Like I think I'm pretty good at like kind of thinking of creative ideas for business and stuff. Whoever came up with Beyonce Go Country is one of the best moves you could do. Oh, would yeah. Well, it, it makes sense. Though. Like she's from Texas. Like She's from Texas, it. but is she really from – she's been more in New York than she's been in Texas now. Oh, like, but you you going back to the roots. I mean, I I love it because Beyonce, anything she touches turns to gold. And yeah. so why not do country and just kind of flip the music industry on its head? Because you're going to get all these people like, what? And you we've seen a lot of people go country. You know what I'm saying? Like Pink yeah, sure. has dabbled with country. Darius Rucker got into country. I mean, a lot of people. Post Malone is kind of doing the country thing now. So, yeah. yeah. It it's, I get it. It works. It's smart. I get it. I'm all on board. And honestly, it's like its own little thing because she's kind of bringing that little bit of hip hop and funk to country. So yeah. at the end of the day, I don't even put in a genre. I just say it's music. Even, you know, you can even say it's pop music for what I, because country is not the country today is not like country how we grew up on, where it's like straight. You know, really country. Now it's more like popish type music when you hear the Dan and Shays of the world and the Luke Bryans. However, here's my only beef with it. And this is what I would love to see Beyonce do. And I just don't know if she will do it. In the song, she's talking about going to dive bars and plastic cups. Are we actually going to see Beyonce in a dive bar? Like, when's the last time Beyonce or if she's even been to a dive bar? So if you're going to start to talk about these things, you need to be about these things. I need you to. I need you to go into these bars. I need Texas. to see Beyonce in a dive bar playing beer pong, or I'm not for it. Yeah, I need to see her go all out and really <laughs> kind of go into that world because that's for the country audience. Like, I if I'm not a, I'm not a, the country audience. I'm just a music fan. But if I'm yeah. a obsessive, diehard country fan, I want to say, you know, what, Beyonce, w- welcome to the genre. Thanks for coming in. But if you're gonna come in. Come in all the way. Come in. Come to a dive bar. I want you to start line dancing. Don't hide your face. No, Don't but you come know what? Like, be that a real be, person. That would be such a good publicity move for her to show up to dive bars now. Yeah. And just hang out. I mean, where, where the hell can Beyonce go, though? She, she'd be mobbed in a second. But it would be cool because everyone would run those photos. Beyonce and Jay-Z walking into some, like country back bar oh that'd be awesome yeah i, I want to see i want them to, i want them to drink bud lights i want them to uh, our butt heavies i want i want to see them go all out country especially in that audience i think they would appreciate it so uh by the way do you 
Um, Who the hell's dogs like barking like crazy? Well, I know, dude. That's my building. I didn't know if we were gonna pick that up. I'm like, tell really? tell your neighbor, chill it. We've got the Hollywood Raw podcast we're taping right now. Their dog needs to calm the fuck down. I agree. I agree. Do you, <laughs> do you go on eBay for anything? No, I, I don't is know. EBay, is eBay weird for you? Not that it's like weird. I just I have never been into eBay. It's not been a thing that I've ever really dabbled in. I'm an Amazon all the way kind of person. I'm telling you, dude, eBay is my new hobby. What? eBay is my new because I collect vintage T-shirts. I have actually a really good vintage T-shirt. Like, I, do you collect anything? Uh, money. I try to collect money. I'm, I'm not doing yeah. very good at it, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I collect. You know, vintage T-shirts are my thing. I have like a really good inventory. All things mostly like '90s because I love the '90s. And like I'm going back and forth with like debating with people. I'm trying to buy like a vintage Aerosmith shirt right now, and I don't know. That's like the it's stuff so I wear. Random. He's... I had no idea this about you. Like all I see you is in municipal stuff from. Oh yeah. Your well, this buddy. is my yeah, my buddy Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, I I wear a lot. Of, if I'm not like because I'm going to the gym in a little bit, but if I'm not, I'm usually wearing like some vintage shirt. And these shirts, you pay, m- women probably think it's ugly and they're like who is this nerd but then there's like half of guys are like that shirt's awesome and i'll go in the grocery store and some dude be like hey man that's a cool shirt i'm like thank you you get it like you get it i'm not some guy who hasn't bought a shirt in 40 years i'm a guy who's just living in the past a little bit but just i'm just that guy i don't know i last night i caught myself in like a on ebay for like two hours just going through random shirts and looking up random things from the 90s and trying to collect them it's just so pathetic all right enough about my enough about me being pathetic let's get into (laughs) today's episode um today we're doing our ask us anything part two part one was a huge success you guys wrote to us talking about how much you like it we try to do these episodes once a quarter just about once a quarter about um where you guys could ask us questions on on your mind if you want to Kind of just learn more about us, learn more about stuff that's going on in the industry. Last week, but we did part, well, you have to be in our private Facebook group called Off the Record because that is where we are getting, we are collecting all of these questions that you guys are interested in knowing. We put up a post in there and say, "Hey, we're doing an Ask Us Anything. Uh, what do you guys want to know?" So if you if you want to participate in the next Ask Us Anything. Join our private Facebook group off the record. It's a little community. It's our fam. And uh, and then that way you can join in for the next round. Yeah, um, that's it. You got to be in the private group Facebook our private Facebook group called off the record. Before we get to ask us anything, part two, Dax, we love reviews, don't we? I mean, I personally love reviews. <laughs> yeah. No, I love them. I love them. I love them so much. So we are going to read a couple. This one comes from Don 00000. Uh it's a two-star review. We last time we read shitty reviews. <laughs> this time I'm reading a two-star review even though it's awesome. I uh, love the pod. Hi guys, just wanted to drop a note to say how much I enjoy your podcast. I love the behind the scenes takes from both of you. With both of your past and current experiences with celebs, I'm. It's so interesting to hear. Definitely my favorite podcast. Please don't ever stop. Don R from CT. Damn Don, for having being your favorite podcast, you only get two stars. I would hate to be your least favorite podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope she. I hope she just made a mistake. Don, go back yeah. and give us five stars. Come on, please. Fix up the review. I maybe messed <laughs> up, but I do appreciate the review. Again, if you want to, if you want to leave a review, because we always ask for reviews, go to like the Apple Podcast app, put it in Hollywood Roll, go all the way to the bottom, all the way to the bottom. You'll see you can leave five stars and leave a review, say a few kind of words, we'll give you a shout out in the air. Can I do one more? Yes. We have time. Yes, can we, we have time. Can we slot that into our very busy schedule today? Yeah, we can do it. Okay, we are busy. Here's another one. <laughs> this this runs from MBV five stars. Part of my weekly rotation. I've been listening to you guys for about a year now as part of my weekly rotation. Almost feels like I'm chilling with the homies. As a single mom with two kiddos and a busy work schedule, this is something just for me that I can look forward to. Thanks for providing me with the perfect way to zone out and catch up on all things celeb gossip. What a perfect that. What a perfect review, honestly. That's perfect. Because that's what we want. We want you guys to feel like you're hanging out with two friends, just 
listening to like the water cooler talk. So I love it. Yeah, it, it actually helps us out so much. It helps us out in the algorithm. On to today's episode, Ask Us Anything Part 2. Dax, where did we leave off? Give me a question. Give us a question. We left off. The next question comes from Paula Johnson Nelson in the private Facebook group. She says, who is the most famous rock star that either of you have ever met? That's a good question. You've met everyone, so. Yeah, I've met a lot. I mean. Do, Do you consider, like, if you run into them in the street and you're taping them do you consider that a meeting or do you consider that something else good question it's hard for me to say like people i i debate that myself like oh i saw this i i wouldn't say i met them i'd say i saw i've seen this person i've seen them around i've seen them around like i've seen paul mccartney by the way mm-hmm. paul mccartney in person very tall i've seen like really yeah i don't yeah. know why that seems weird to me i i've I didn't seen think prince he was tall. you know or I, I i saw prince i've seen mick jagger and i would say uh, and Prince, very small, t- quick too, tiny and small. And I and no bodyguard when I saw Prince. I've seen Mick Jagger, small guy. I've seen Keith Richards. I've seen I've seen you know I've seen Ringo Starr. Um, but I didn't really meet them. I've seen them, but I didn't talk to them. Like Prince, I was the only one there. Prince walked right by me. I tried to talk to him. He didn't talk to me because I had a camera in my hand. But I, it was funny because I didn't know he was coming out. But I was like, whoa, that's Prince. It was one of the last times. That's it was, that's, it was actually one of the last time people saw Prince, which was a little bit eerie. Um, yeah. And then he was actually good. To be, and I've seen Paul McCartney. I've seen – like I've been at a corner waiting to cross the street. And I looked to my right. I remember where it was. I was right near the Langham Hotel. And I, I looked to my right, and there's Paul McCartney crossing the street. And I'm like, whoa, that's Paul McCartney. Um, I'm not like a Beatles guy that wasn't my generation, but I, it's still Paul McCartney, but the biggest person I would say I met and I got to know really well was Aretha Franklin. Um, Whoa, that's huge, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. I became like, I wouldn't say close with her, but I like, we spoke like all like good amount of times. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you about this. When Aretha Franklin was on her way out, when her health was sort of diminishing, Someone on her team reached out to me and was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, Aretha's not doing so well. And then they're like, Hey, you want to talk to Aretha? I was like, Yeah, sure. And then I talked to her on the phone. And this was like within like a few days of her kind of um not doing so well. But I've I've talked to Aretha, I interviewed her a bunch, I've sang with Aretha Franklin. So why why I spelled respect why? with Aretha Franklin? But why did they call you? Um, I became they trusted me. That you know, like I was there in to entertainment news, you know, and they were a little bit older, but they trusted me, they liked me, and I think they were just like, you know, not in a bad way. They kind of wanted to control the narrative, like what's going on with her health, and obviously it's a very public situation, public story. So they just want to get ahead of it, control the narrative, and you know, I had a, I sang with Aretha Franklin. I was, you know, it was pretty. I did some insane things with her. Rockstar, besides, I mean, I've met Dave Grohl a bunch of mm-hmm. times. I interviewed him. Great That's guy. Huge. Really nice guy. I got, to, I got some great photos with him. I interviewed him. Um, you hung out with the Dave Matthews band guys, right? Oh, dude. I mean, I got crazy stories with. Well, now I've met Dave Matthews, uh, which I'm a fan of. I mean, I've met. Yeah, I mean, I got a. I'll have to save that for the book, the one of my one Dave Matthews <laughs> story. I got a really good, great Dave Matthews band story, but I've met Dave Matthews a few times. Um, I feel like I he, should I'm, answer these questions first. Even Tyler? feels so lame compared to yours. I'm going to be like, oh, guys. <laughs> yeah. I've met Steven Tyler, nice guy. Bruce Springsteen I've met, you know, pretty cool, which I love Bruce Springsteen, very, like, regular guy. Um, didn't really meet him. I, I mean, I – I saw Billy Joel. I met Billy Joel. Yeah. Nice guy. I, I mean, I didn't interview him, but I took a photo with him. Hey, Billy, can I get a photo with this? Yeah, man. I took a photo with him outside the Four Seasons Hotel. So, I, I mean, yeah, I met – do you consider Beyonce a rock star? Yeah. Okay, then I met Beyonce. Um, okay, can I go this? so that – because I, I feel like my – Yeah, who are you going to bring? now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yeah. – uh no gene simmons i met once okay we nice hung guy. out back backstage at a, like a a big show i've met how was he was he cool he was cool he was chill i mean he was in full 
kiss the whole he, thing. He wasn't, or he wasn't. He, no, he was. Oh, he was because oh, it that's was a cool show. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Brett Michaels, I've met before. Met he was nice a nice guy. guy. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, I had gone to like a BB King's one of his birthday parties once. Like that's years, cool to me. That's legendary. Ago. That was dope. Um, who else? Who else? But, I mean. I'm not going to say rocks are Goo Goo Dolls considered rock stars. I don't know, but I was invited to one of their music video sets. I, wait, I've. So that's so that pretty was, cool. That, so that was dude, fun. Like, I know many people who would have, who would go crazy for that. So like I got to watch them actually film the whole music video and get all this behind the scenes content. And so that one was kind of fun. Uh, Jared Leto. I mean, maybe I he's more actor. Nice guy. Yeah. I met John Mayer. Oh, I've met John Mayer. I had drinks with John Mayer. I've told that story a million times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Amber O'Brien's got another question. She said, is the Illuminati a real thing? Do you guys have any stories that you have seen, experienced, that prove that this is a the secret? Let me read this question because I think this is a good um, uh, social post. All right, Amber O'Brien writes, is the Illuminati a real thing? Do you guys have any stories that you have seen, experienced to prove that there is a real secret elite club? Ooh, that's a great question. That is a great question. I mean, Scientology, do you consider that an Illuminati or secret club? I mean, it is a religion. You know, I think back in the day you had the Soho house where people thought it was so exclusive. You know, when you go to the Soho house, you're not allowed to use your phone. No photos are allowed inside. People thought things were going on inside there. Now we have these other kind of secret clubs that kind of, not secret as much, but we have these other celebrity private clubs where they're very exclusive from the Zero Bonds and the Casa Cipriani's in New York. Dax, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you've got to have heard about this a lot over the years. Yeah, I mean, some of the names, like over the years, we've heard a lot of names being wrapped up with the Illuminati. I I would say Jay-Z and Beyonce are the two most famous people that always get tied in with Illuminati. Madonna, Lindsay Lohan, Trump, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. I mean, the list goes on and on. I would say that there's no evidence that there is a real Illuminati. Um, do you remember Beyonce, obviously, in her song formation? She she basically, what was the exact line? It was something like, you know, y'all haters corny with this Illuminati mess. Like, I think that that, to me, was her sign of like, this shit isn't real, guys. There is no Illuminati. There's no secret club. Maybe we get into you know, we have an elite group of people that we hang out with friends wise, but I don't think that they're sitting around lighting candles and saying that, you know, we're all going to make each other the richest, most famous people in the world. I don't think it's that. I think rich, famous people run in the same circles together because that's who they can relate with. Yeah. There's no seances by any means, but they're not wearing these gowns and lighting candles and, uh, but yeah, they, I, rich and famous people like to mingle with rich and famous people. And it's, you see the photos of them hanging out in the Hamptons or in France. And it's, it's a different way of life. I've been around it in small parts. I just can't relate because I'm just not, I don't have the money or the capital to kind of enjoy myself like these people do. Uh, but it is like Tom Cruise having his little, Sunday brunches, his tea parties, where he just invites a bunch of rich, famous people to his Hyde or London Hyde home, like that. That to me is probably the closest you're going to get to some weird Scientology, Illuminati type stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you do have the private clubs still, which are more popular than ever. Which Soho House was, I think, the original. It went public, but it wasn't even like I've been to Soho. It's not that exciting. Like it's not that exciting now. I always saw famous people there, but it wasn't. It was a bar that you had to, you know, go and say your name, and they let you up. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. No, but back in the day, there was a lot of celebrities going there. It was very exclusive, and they had a location in London and New York and L.A. Now, actually, they've had a lot of issues because they allowed so many people in 
that the exclusive people felt like it wasn't exclusive enough. So they all left. And then Soho House kind of went after the LBGT community and tried to kind of go after high uh, affluent gay people. And again, they're just not making any money anymore. So the people that used to go to Soho House now go to Zero Bond as far as celebrities go. They do Casa Cipriani. And it's still very exclusive, and they're actually – Zero Bond is opening up a space in Vegas at the Wynn Hotel, which is going to be a great place for them to be. And, yeah, I think it's just rich, successful, famous people kind of want to mingle. They're going to mingle with people that are rich, famous, and successful because it's – they know how to sort of act with each other. They could relate to each other. I think but there's not like the conspiracy theory behind it. It's fun. I, we want to believe it's it. It's exciting yeah. is really what it comes down to. I don't think there's it. actually one, though. All right. Yeah. Teresa Dixon, Dax, have you ever <laughs> have you ever been threatened or felt in physical danger because of your job? I know we heard Adam's Suge Knight courthouse story, which sounds pretty terrifying. That's actually Dax's story, the Suge Knight courthouse story, where Suge Knight threatened to beat up Dax. And I was in the background rooting on Suge Knight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go, Suge. Suge, you won't hit him. You won't hit him, Suge. Hit him, Suge. <laughs> Yo, knock that boy out. <laughs> um, Hyrule felt threatened or felt physical danger. So I guess the question, I've had more of those incidents than you just because of my job. Mm-hmm. You'd agree to that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I never – I always thought in my head, which is probably still stupid, but I always had the best weapon, which is a camera. So you didn't want to mess with me because I had a camera. And well, that was that's um, what got me out of the Suge Knight thing. Remember, I I started recording, and that's when they like pieced out. I, yeah, so I completely understand why you say that. You turn it on, and people are like, "Oh, well, this is going to be recorded, and it's going to go down in history." So I'm going to leave them alone. Yeah, I never. Sometimes there's been times where I don't like to do shots alone. I remember the VMAs were in New York and Drake was doing a party. I think it could have been at Sedell's. They rented at Sedell's like late at night to like do overnight party. It was very private. And I reached out, like I was at this party. No one knew that Drake was doing this after party at Sedell's. And I was there by myself and his team was getting really aggressive with me. Like get, get away, get, get, get out of here. Like go away. You can't be here. And I was like, I can be here. I'm just working, dude. Like, I'm not, I'm not blocking the entrance. I'm just kind of chilling on the side. And there, and I remember trying to call other photographers, like, hey, I need another photographer here. And that's where it helps out to have a, another photographer with me, just so it's the two of us there together. So we I just have someone on my side because it's you know, you could punch one of us, the other one could maybe get away. You hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've gotten to a few physical altercations. Nothing physical on my side. Like I never threw punches, but I took them. Um, I never got seriously hurt. Uh, maybe a few scrapes, um, which is crazy. I mean, it is a dangerous job. And um, but I think the Drake one was the only time I really felt like physically threatened. I've had people threaten me, but they also realize I'm just like, what are you gonna do? It's not that. It's not that serious. And I always try to come to them like, guys, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. Um, so I've been threatened. Have I felt, you know, and I've gotten to physical fights. I remember my first fight was actually like two weeks into the job. It was when Gary Coleman passed away. And I was told to like make sure you get his parents on camera. And I did it with like a cell phone camera, like this like point and shoot type thing. And his manager, which is like this old man, was like, go away. And I was like, no, I can't. I was so focused on doing the job because I was told like I, I wanted to keep my job. I didn't want to lose my job. And I just kept filming them. And the manager went up and like kind of like clawed at my neck and my hand. And uh, I had some scrapes on my – but I didn't, I didn't fight back by any means. But I probably sh- – I had the, – the person who told me what to do did not know what they were talking about. They never did what I was supposed to do. So, But I got the shot. And then I had like – by accident, I remember there was a rapper <laughs> who I was interviewing him. And he was driving his Lamborghini. And mm-hmm. as I'm driving – oh my god. <laughs> Wow, I forgot about this. There was a rapper I'm interviewing, and he was being nice. He's talking to me, but I was sitting there talking to him while he's driving his Lamborghini. He starts to move the car, and he rides on my foot. Oh. And I was like, dude, you're on my foot. Get Move. You're on my foot. You're on my foot. <laughs> he's like, what? what? I was like, keep going. You're on my foot. And it was – yeah, he drove over my foot. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that was the only thing that happened. All right, let's do another question. This question comes from Luce 
Puniwai. Is that, Lucy Puniwai. Hopefully I said your name. Lucy Puniwai. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, uh, well, okay. We're going to, we're going to leave that as is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would both of you be doing if this gig didn't happen? What did eight-year-old uh, you see yourself doing at this time in your life? You want to? I mean, I, I never thought I'd be uh, okay. So, I mean, we talked about me wanting to get into architecture. That was my first love, right? Didn't we say yeah. that on the last episode? I think so. Yeah. Um, so I want to do architecture, but I honestly thought that I was going to do local news. So, like, even when TMZ first started up. It was not um, a television show. I had done a lot of uh, like news reporting at both Santa Ana Community College and then Cal State Fullerton. I had done their news program, done a bunch of on-air stuff. So I was like dead set on doing local news. And TMZ started, and I even asked Harvey at one point. I was like, hey, if I want to be on TV... Uh, how, how do you suggest that I like do that? He goes, I think you need, need to move to some podunk town in the middle of nowhere and work your way back to Los Angeles to be an, an, an on-air news reporter. Cause he was on on-air news for years at like CBS two. And that was his like advice to me. And then a couple months later, TMZ became a TV show and the rest is history. And so then, it was timing. Just the you had, yeah. you, would you say your career was just timing a lot? It was timing. It was all timing. And then the funny part is the first on-air news gig that I did just for fun was Fox 11. They had me come in and literally host their show one time. <laughs> so I'm like, this is so funny. Like, went full circle. Yeah. I, you know, it's a weird question. I'm just so, my feet are never on the ground. I'm just mm-hmm. always in my own head. So for me, it was like, I went to school. I was like, no, I'm just going to become a comedian. And, um, and I, at 18 years old, I started doing stand comedy and then I was in college at the time. And I thought at the time I was working at the Howard Stern show as an intern there. And I, th- I was like, I'm so good. I got along with everyone there. I thought I was going to get a job at the Howard Stern show. I was like, no, I'm going to become a writer for the Stern show. I'm obsessed with the show. I'm a huge fan. And I didn't get the job and at the time. Sirius and XM were merging. They just weren't doing any hiring. And I remember I was like down in the dumps cause I put, all my eggs in one basket. I was like, and I was good at what I did there, but I was just like down in the dumps. I couldn't believe it. And then I couldn't find a job for years, went back to school, got my teaching certification. I was like, all right, maybe I'll just become a teacher and just do that type of line of work. And then I couldn't find a teaching job. And then just through the networking of people I knew, I kind of ended up at TMZ and literally fell into, I didn't even know what it was. And so I just always like thought but when I was 18, I was like, no, I'm just gonna do comedy. I just didn't realize like I didn't really have a good fallback job. Mm-hmm. And now I'm still trying to figure out like what am I gonna do in the next couple of years? I don't know. It's um it's sort of scary, it's weird. Um but it, you know, I I'm somewhat enjoying it, you know, but it is, you know, it is scary because you don't know what you're gonna be doing. Um, because the industry's changing so much. And we're all trying to figure out what's it, what it's going to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was just – my whole thing was when I was 18 years old, I was like, no, I'm going to be involved in comedy. Somehow I'm going to be involved in comedy. I just liked the entertainment industry, and I didn't really have a strong backup, which was kind of insane. And, and I came from family who's all in sales, like in, in, in kind of that type of industry. So I don't know. Yeah, just comedy. Somewhere in, involved in the entertainment comedy. Didn't know exactly where. Oh. All right. Uh, Angelica Violet said, do you ever regret covering any story during your TMZ days? That's a great question. It is a great question. I, there's stories you didn't like covering. I didn't like covering people in court, you know, because it was never a good thing. People were never happy in court. However, I understood that's part of the job. And um, I'd say my biggest regret at TMZ was not documenting everything I did because I have good mental notes, but I did so much and every day was so insane. And it, it was just wild. It was the wild west from just a lot of partying. I mean, which I probably was not supposed to do to run around the streets and, and every day was just a different dynamic. I wish I, I wish social media was more bigger. It was bigger during the early days of TMZ than it is now, because I, I, w- I think I would have been, I would have capitalized on it more 
because it was just a very wild time. But as far yeah. as story goes, uh, I never – again, I just hated doing courts. It was People were never happy to see me. And, and I understood it and you didn't feel like a good person. It was hard to go to sleep at night. And I give a lot of those journalists credit who cover those stories because I understand it's a story you need to cover, but it's sort of like you need to separate yourself from, you know, being a person and seeing person when seeing someone when they're not happy and all other times. I mean, I had asked celebrities, tough questions. I would say this, this was a tough situation. I remember when Orlando Bloom got divorced. To, from Amber Heard. Remember when? No, not Amber Heard. Sorry, from Miranda Kerr. Orlando Bloom yeah. was married to Miranda Kerr. They got divorced. It was a Friday. At the time, Orlando Bloom was uh, living in Tribeca and he was performing on Broadway. And I remember there was photographers at the end of the street. Wait, there was probably about 12, maybe 15 photographers at the end of the street waiting for Orlando Bloom to come out to get the first shots of Orlando Bloom post his Miranda Kerr divorce. It's a big story. And at the time, there was some speculation that Miranda might have cheated on him with Justin Bieber because remember Justin Bieber and Orlando Bloom got into a fight? Mm -hmm. um, we forget about that story, but that's a really good one. And there's a lot of – one day I'll kind of get into that story more. Anyway, all the photographers are waiting at the end of the street. I was told by the company I was working for, hey, you need to get a shot of Orlando Bloom. Man, I don't want to ask this guy about his divorce right before like – it's just not my business. It's not my thing. He doesn't want to see me, and he's going to think less about me if I ask him those questions. And not like I knew him by any means. And I got there. I waited like an like forty five minutes, and then me and another photographer said, "You know, we're just going to walk in front of his apartment, see what's up." As we walk in front of his apartment, again, the photographer is about two hundred fifty yards back. We're walking in front of his apartment. Orlando Bloom just by coincidence comes out the door, and I'm like, "Whoa, there's Orlando Bloom." Me and the photographer look at each other. We look back. The photographers are not even paying attention because they're just like hanging out, waiting, waiting down the street. And Orlando Bloom starts walking the opposite direction. So me and the other photographer, we kind of walk like nonchalantly, like we're not just as we as we don't see Orlando Bloom. And then when we get to the corner, we kind of pull out our cameras and we start to try to talk to. Well, I the photographer's taking photos. I start to interview Orlando Bloom. All the photographers, all at the opposite end of the street, see us starting to film Orlando Bloom. They start running down the street like they're running from the bulls like oh my god there he is and we got the first shots of orlando bloom and and i asked orlando bloom and i tried to ask him very nicely i, go, I just want to see how are you doing you know like don't don't tell me about divorce but like yeah. are you okay and he was really nice about it and i remember just being like are you okay do you, you know obviously this is a big part of life do you think you guys will remain family like you know obviously there's a child involved and he was like yeah obviously she's you know my son's mother and or my kid's mom and you know, we're going to be raising a kid together. And he gave a really nice answer. And I remember just kind of laying out very nicely. I didn't feel great about doing it. I, looking back and I got to toot my own horn. I thought I did a good job of just being polite and kind of laying it out there while not kind of putting a agenda behind it and uh, worked out. Okay. Yeah. It worked out. Okay. Uh, but what about you though? You worked on a lot of stories. Did you regret anything that you did? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of stories that just feel weird covering sometimes, whether they're funerals or deaths, trying to call up someone after they just lost someone and being like, hey, can you give me a comment? I don't like I, that wasn't my thing. I didn't like that at all. But I understand the news side of it. Right. I would say the one that I kind of regret covering was like I used to I used to chat with Kim Kardashian, she was dope. She like we I wouldn't say we were friends. I would say that we would communicate and chat, whatever. But I remember one time someone in her camp had given me like a pretty good story about her wedding. Because remember when her and Chris Humphreys were getting married, it was the biggest story on the planet. And um the story was basically about how how much security was going into this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I, I wrote up the story and the headline got changed before it went live. And the headline, once it went live said, Kim Kardashian wedding security tighter than Caitlyn Jenner's face was Ooh. the headline. And right. it blew back in my face pretty hard, even though I had nothing to do it, do with it. And it basically word got back to her that you know, I was behind this story. And next thing you know, that was like it, you know, like there was no more talking to me or us having any kind of relationship. So wow. 
I would say that sucked because uh, I had nothing to do with it. So I wish I could have just gone back in time and not had any part of that story or covered that story at all because it ruined it for me. Yeah, I mean, I never did this story, but TMZ would do some stories that were tough and sometimes a little bit of like uh, the, the writing wasn't the best writing, kind of been kind mm-hmm. of been mean. And then I would actually meet up with the celebrity and the celebrity would be pissed at me. I'm like, listen, I'm team you. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I had I to defend myself to them saying, listen, that's not what I do. And that's, you know, I, I would actually control some times. part of the job too. Like you, you can't control everything and it is what it is. I had to move along with my life. Most right, people let's... understand that respect that, you know, yep. and it, it's, it's tough. Uh, this question comes from uh, Deb Burke. Is it true there is a secret celebrity-owned uh, hidden lesbian bar in New York? You tell me you went there the other night, right? I did, and they're like, "Oh, that's the hottest lesbian there." And I've never heard of this. Is there? Is this true? Is there a hidden lesbian bar in New York? So, is it celebrity-owned? Is there a celebrity? Is there a lesbian celebrity bar? Henrietta's is like a famous lesbian bar in the west village but and i'm sure like there's been over the years like some celebrities who have gone there but it's not known as like a a lesbian like a famous lesbian spot you're not going to go there and just see cynthia nixon just hanging out there in a place <laughs> I know. not that i know of at least yeah. i mean there's a new place called like the dalloway and it's owned by like two like cool hip women that i guess they kind of have like a vibe where maybe people go, but there's nothing that I know that's like a straight celebrity lesbian bar. I mean, over the years you've had people like Jennifer Lawrence and Adele like pop into gay bars in New York mm-hmm. city, but nothing no, like, that's this not, is that's not place secret, you go. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like as far as I know, there's nothing secret. And to be honest with you, I have to imagine on my knowledge and I, I I wouldn't know about this. I have to, maybe I'd ask – next time I see Andy Cohen, I'll ask Andy Cohen this question. But I don't think there is one unless there's some random place. I, I, I don't think there is one. All right. Next question comes from Isabel Flavo. I'm always curious about celebs and their security. Does anyone in particular have a nasty crew and who has the opposite where they're good to deal with? That's that question is all for you because I don't work with people in their their celeb security. Um, Drake's team is rough. Okay. Um, Drake's team's rough. I mean, Rick Ross back in the day, his team was really rough to me. I mean, they were nasty to me. Um, two uh, Two Chains used to have his like cousin, and he was oh, he used to be the biggest dick. To, did, did I ever tell you my Two Chains story? Mm, with Jax, this story is pretty insane. Two chains is he had this one bodyguard with him. I think it was like a, a relative of his, but the guy was just always nasty and always like a dick to me. And I remember always trying to two chains used to always stay at this one hotel in New York City. And I would always hang out outside the hotel because friend of the door guys was close to my office. And I would always like see him all the time. And I tried to interview two chains all the time, and he would just say, like, ignore me, ignore me completely, ignore me. And then one day. I, I see two chains walking in this hotel. It's like nine in the morning, eight thirty nine in the morning, and I, I, I first of all let me two chains. I started to ignore him all the time. I would see him so much. I would see, I would try to film all the time, and then I just stopped. I was like, I wanted to see me just not caring when I saw him, you know. And and then so he'd see me ignoring him when I, I like we'd run into each. I would ignore him. Finally, one day it's like eight thirty nine in the morning. I see two chains walk into this hotel, and I go, two chains, can I get a photo with you? And he goes, yeah, on the way out. I was like, all right, cool. And on the way out, he comes out and I go, hey, Two Chains, can I get a photo with you? And the bodyguard's like, yo, get away from us. I go, hey, no, I talked to Two Chains. He said, I can get a photo with you. He goes, no, get out of here, leave. I'm like, dude, I said, I, you, Two Chains, you just said I could get a photo with you. 20 minutes ago, you said I get a photo with you. The guy's like, get the fuck out. I was like, you know what? I'm calling the, and he tried to like threaten me and tried to like, like come at me a little bit, but I knew he wasn't going to punch me. Like, get the fuck I was like, you know what? I'm calling the cops. I start to call the cops and I, I pick up my phone and I act like I'm calling the police. I go, yeah, there's a gentleman. He tried to come at me. I give the license plate of the car and they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, keep talking. You know, the guys, I like, keep talking shit or whatever. Next, you know, by coincidence, a cop car comes racing around the corner with the sirens on two chains in the bodyguard take off running 
like whoa, they <laughs> run from the, they're like whoa, and they run down the street. I'm like whoa, what is going on? The door guy, the hotel is like Adam, what did you do? I'm like I didn't, I didn't. It was a fake call. I just wanted to scare them that I was calling the cops. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like, I left because I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is the coincidence of this happening. About a month later, I see 2 Chains at the lobby of the Sirius Hotel. And I said, hey, uh, 2 Chains, can I get a photo with you? Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's do that photo. Come on. Let's do a photo with you. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then ever since, I actually had a good relationship with 2 Chains. They actually turned out to be a nice guy. And, like, we kind of, like, came up together. But as far as uh, Nasty Crew, Drake's team's always been scared. Uh, nasty. Uh, Taylor Swift's crew has never been they're like fine now because they deal with us in a nice way I mean even like like the Bezos Jeff Bezos his security like they're professionals so no one's really ne- even Elon Musk like they'll come up and they'll talk to me and they do their job like hey if we're going to sneak him out we're going to sneak him out but if he comes out we know legally that you're not doing anything wrong they're not going to yeah. try to attack me so I think the security I remember what was the name? Pasquale was the name of the guy who used to do security for Kim Kardashian. Big yeah. guy. And Pasquale was the one who got in trouble when the robbery came in France. He, and got, it was he, not got, his... he got fired for the whole – he was the, the fall guy for that he whole was a thing. Fall guy. And it wasn't his fault. It was just a crazy situation that – who knew that Kim was that famous that that kind of stuff came to her. It wasn't his fault in my opinion. Someone else could have – like, hey, if you're security, you're supposed to have it more locked down. He just – he was the guy who – but anyway, I remember after Kim, he was with Fergie. And we never spoke Pasquale, but it was like an understanding between the two of us. And I remember Fergie was going leaving a radio station. I started to try to interview her, and there was cars coming. And I remember he was like protecting me from the cars and making sure I got the shot and making sure like I like I was safe too as well as Fergie. And I'll never forget that. And it was just really nice that like he cared about like my safety, her safety, and just like – that we were both okay. And he understood I was doing a job. So yeah, most it's never, it's never gets too insane. Uh, another question from Shannon Pelletier says, Adam Glenn, Dax Holt, do you have any don't meet your hero type stories, any interactions you hyped yourselves up for and were totally left disappointed? Mm, I have not had one of those. I feel like the people that I was most excited to meet, which were pink and John Mayer, I had phenomenal stories to like walk away with. So yeah. I'm going to say no, because I, I just love those interactions so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure I had, I've met so many people. They're just, I would say it's like, don't meet your heroes. It just didn't go down the way in my head. I envisioned, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like yeah. I thought when I met, Sha- like Shaquille O'Neal was a hero of mine. And then, you know, we became really close. Like we're friends, we know each other and it's, it's surreal to me. And that's like, yeah, you want to meet your heroes. And then Jim Carrey, for example, I wanted to meet Jim Carrey and like get a photo with him. And like, I thought in my head, Jim Carrey would be the best of buds. And we became pretty friendly for a summer when he lived here, but it was just a different experience. It, it was an interesting experience. Like when I saw him, I was like, I, I, the first time I saw him in person, I didn't even know it was really Jim Carrey. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Can I get a photo with him? He's like, Hey man, don't do photos. And then he jumped in his car and then he rolled down the window and he saw me just stand there. And he was like, Hey man, I just not in the mood to do a photo. I do want to meet you. My name is Jim. And then he just talked to me for 20 minutes about like, so which and interviewed me pretty much. And he was just very curious about me and my, so I, you know, um, who has been sort of disappointing is authors in my experience and like personal development guys. Now with that says, like, I just love those type of books. I love those people. Tony Robbins is a great guy. He's everything you want him to be. But the other guys that are not Tony Robbins, and I don't want to say their names specifically, but if you just look up like the personal development people and the biggest people in that space, for me, they've been a little bit underwhelming. Um, and they're just – you're some guy that talks about motivation, positivity, and from my experiences, they lack that and um, in person. So I think that was sort of disappointing. Um you know, James Corden, when you meet him, you want him to be that exciting, fun guy, and he's sort of quiet but he took a photo with me he was nice enough mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i mean he was he was it wasn't he wasn't my hero so all my heroes i've met have honestly been really cool yeah right yeah all right uh, chris i'm gonna go on christina anderson says how do you manage a to have a family work-life balance and still travel everywhere to meet celebs 
I mean, I literally, I, I was gonna say I left TMZ to have a, a work life balance because it was when I first started at TMZ, I was young, first job out of college, you know, wasn't married. And so I could devote all my time to just work. And then over the years, I ended up getting married and then had two kids and, and driving to LA every day was just starting to become really taxing on, on me because it'd be an hour to drive there, sometimes two hours to get home just because of traffic. Um, and then you're kind of just always on call. If something goes down, you needed to be able to, you know, get on the phone or on your computer and break the story and blah, 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 blah. At a point, I couldn't do that anymore because I was missing out on my kid's life, right? Like, being so far away, I couldn't go to their school if they had a performance, or I couldn't go to the, you know, picnic with your kid during the middle of the day, like I couldn't do any of that. So I, uh, I needed to choose something different. So that's how I kind of balanced my life. And now still sticking in entertainment news and all of that, my, my schedule is not away in LA. Now I go up there to film a TV show here or there, I do the podcast, I do other things, but I am 99% of the time here. And that's how I balance my work relationship. But that's, that's my answer. Yeah. I mean, my Dax's job was, you know, you were more stuck to a desk and a chair and you had to be in front of the computer 12 hours a day. I had yeah. a little bit more flexibility. And now that I'm on my own and work for myself, I, I'm fortunate. I still have flexibility. Now there's busy times for me. For example, Super Bowl is a busy time for me. And when I travel for that, uh, during the Met Gala, it's a busy time for me. So I, I just have to make sure my schedule is sort of clear during those fashion days. week, fashion week, fashion week. week. I got to make sure I'm like available those days. But besides that, I, like now that I don't work, I work for myself. I, I have that flexibility where I can make time. I could, I could be home when I need to be home. I could, I could make plans with my family. I could kind of work around my schedule for the most part. So I'm usually schedule and honestly like days like today we're filming today there's nothing going on in the city today as far as celebrities around now i could kind of get on my bike and just ride around new york city and try to get lucky yeah. but instead of wasting my hours of trying to get lucky i kind of work from home and just do work on other projects on the computer like the podcast so i'm able to kind of focus on that stuff and when there's a lot of people around how do you know when people are around you know, you kind of know when the TV shows are filming. If if the Fallon's on air this week and Colbert and Live with Kelly are all live this week, celebrities are in town doing media, and mm -hmm. I'm kind of running around. So it's – I have a little bit more flexibility. And, uh, I mean, travel – I don't really – I kind of know when I'm going to travel. You know, I don't really hear about a news story. In rare. I've had some, like, Daily Mail say, hey, we want to send you out on an assignment. But I don't – I don't really don't do those type of jobs. So, yeah, I'm – a little bit more free. All right. Uh, Pamela one, Judith. No, this did, one's for you. So I'm asking the question. Did Lana Del Rey date ever happen, Adam? <laughs> um, did it, Adam? You know what's so crazy about these You stats? very famously got her number on camera. Everyone's seen the video. Did the date ever happen with you and Lana Del Rey? The funny part about this is I get asked this question Two days a week. This this <laughs> happened so long ago, but still, at least two times a week, someone asked me if I ever went out with Lana. And so what's uh, the answer? Well, it's funny. Here's the even funnier part: is I recently was with a very big celebrity, two very huge celebrities, and they're like asking all questions about my job, and they're asking me about paparazzi and stuff. Yeah, man, we saw this crazy video of a paparazzi in the street asking Lana Del Rey. And I'm like, my chin dropped. I was like, are you guys fucking with me? Are you guys? And they're like, no, no, no. We went and like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, what? And they had so many questions. And I, <laughs> I like, it's sort of infamous, but yeah, that's kind of yeah. crazy. Anyway, let's go to you the next question. Answer the Dax. question. What's the, Listen, what's the answer? Dax, let's. Um, Adam, answer the question. Did the date happen? Yes or no? Dax, you know, here's the thing is Dax. <laughs> I brought Adam. her. To, so I brought her. I brought her. I brought her to my prom. She was my prom date. <laughs> she was my Damn prom you. date. She was my prom date. I we went to prom. The whole high school thing. I, I said you could ask me anything. I didn't say I was going to answer everything. 
right. Wanda Bordering uh, says, if you're a huge fan like me and Paul McCartney, how can you interview him? Do you have any standard sequence of questions you ask? Um, I don't, dude. Honestly, it's crazy. I was on the red carpet. I barely even look these people up these times because I'm just – the time and anything, I just kind of go with like the moment or the flow. And as mm-hmm. they're answering a question, half of my brain is listening to them. The other half of my brain is thinking about where I'm going to go next. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I've been a huge fan of some of these celebrities. Even like when I'm going to interview Oprah, I always think of like what's the first big question I'm going to ask. And then I kind of go off that one big question and listen to her answer and kind of have like a flow to it. And basically having the flow is sort of, and again, this is me in my head, how I envision it. I kind of flow with their answer. And then there's some people who I know they're going to be short questions. And I go for like a speed round where I try to get as much out of them as possible. Um, for example, I did something with John Cena recently and the interview with John Cena. I was like, it was six thirty in the morning. I know he was running to do live TV. I'm just going to, I know he was going to give me long detailed answers. So I'm going to just speed round as many questions as possible. Sometimes I, I, a lot of times I, I flub on my words or my wording. Sometimes some of my questions are stupid, but that's like the chaos and fun part of it. And my, you know, my personal feeling, that's like the charm of the interview and the interview style that I do because they're not, I'm not reading off a cue card. I'm not reading off a teleprompter. People, in my opinion, like the kind of rawness and of the interview. So um, as far as interviewing like huge stars, like I kind of go off that one first question, that's going to be a really big, good question and listen to them and kind of go from there and try trying to charm them into me. Does that make sense? That's, that's just I, my I philosophy. Thing. Like I try to break the tension because interviews are always awkward. I think for both parties all the time. So I think if you can make them feel relaxed right off the bat, it's just, that's the best thing you can do. But I mean, I don't, I don't think I have any standard sequence of questions or anything like that. Yeah. All right. Um, Next one, Leah Rivera Rabadi. Uh, how much does Dax make with the trophy business? Are you not a millionaire? If you are, I love you even more for being cool and humble. <laughs> yeah, Dax, are you a millionaire with your Tesla? <laughs> I would say that. Um, I would say let's ask this question after you know Matt and I end up selling the company one day. I think it'll be a very different story. Uh, Will you sell? I, the, is what is there roughly like? Do you have a timeout like when you guys are like? I think we're sell? just in this time. We're just we're trying to grow it as big as we can make it, and then you know it. Hopefully, one day it ends up being my retirement that I can retire and live a very very comfortable life. That's what I hope. You know, at this this it's time. It were we we put so much back into the company to try to grow it at this point. So we're not like I'm, I don't have this massive paycheck that you know I I sit back and go ha 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 ha. And so it's not like that. I'm I we put all the money that we make back into the company to grow it and invest in our employees and invest in product and infrastructure and all this stuff with the idea of growing it and growing it and growing it so that one day we do sell it and we, we, you know, live a comfortable life after that. So, so it, if people don't know, Dax has a trophy business called trophy smack, they do e-commerce of trophies. They do these championship belts and rings and necklaces. It's really, really cool. Um, and it's not just like fantasy football trophies. They do all types of trophies. It's really cool. Do you take a salary from the company or how does that work for you? Like, so you're saying, because in my opinion, if I'm the outside looking at, I'm like, okay, he's just putting in just for the end goal. However, like now, like does the money come in? Are you able to take a few bucks to pay for your bills? Yeah, or? yeah, no, I, I because it is my main job at this point. Like I'm, I'm not doing as much TV work now because I focus on Trophy Smack. Like that is my main focus, I would say. Um, so yeah, I, I do get a paycheck. I mean, again, it's not crazy because you know, if we're taking a bunch of money out now, it doesn't equal bigger money at the end of the day. So trying to be strategic with how we grow the business at this point. But yeah, I, I, I still need to pay bills at the end of the day. I don't have, you know, TMZ money rolling in anymore. I get it. Uh, this question comes from, again, Christina Ostenberg Anderson. She says, Adam, Adam Glenn, what's the most you've ever gotten paid for a single shoot story? Um, I'll tell you, the biggest video I ever did on YouTube is 
my Jeff Bezos video, which is crazy. My Jeff Bezos video, which he talked a little bit to. No, I'm sorry. It's not Jeff Bezos. It's my Elon Musk video. It was the week when he was hosting SNL. It was the first shot of Elon Musk hosting SNL. And the video just went crazy on YouTube. And I went on my YouTube one day just to see how much the video made. And it was like 15 grand. And I was like, whoa, 15 grand. And, you know, that's wow. a lot of money. And I, yeah. I thought there was something wrong. I was like, dude, something messed up. But a lot of times you, I, don't, I don't even make a, a, a percent of usually of that from most of my videos. But that one was just went insane on YouTube. Story-wise, I mean, I did well with – I've done like a few – and. Videos, I, I think of the video I did when Kevin Hart was hosting the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was at, when he turned down the Oscars, I had Kevin Hart's first interview and I beat out like Good Morning America and all these people of Kevin Hart talking about the Oscars. That video did really well for me. It's an amazing interview. I'd say roughly that video I made honestly not much. I mean, I, it's a lot, but not, not like absurd amount of money, maybe like around like five grand from it. And um, it's yeah, and I've made a few videos that kind of did that. I would say biggest story I've been involved in that made money is when Dua Lipa went out on a date with Trevor Noah. That video, well, that story because I worked, me and the photographers went all in on this, and we probably made, I don't know, around, you know, I, I mean, I still made probably made five. I made five grand, which we all, me and three guys, made five grand each, just about, and another. So that one did probably about twenty thousand, and then I mean, the biggest payday I ever did was. I had a billionaire who didn't want to be involved in a story and, and didn't want to be, I, I basically cover, I didn't cover him up. He just wanted to be out of a story and I helped him make sure he navigate didn't get involved in navigate the story. the story. And it wasn't anything crazy or bad. Like, Oh, he didn't kill someone. It was like, he just didn't want any involvement. And I had to kind of make sure he didn't get into the story. And that's, were you like a, a Hollywood fixer? I was a Hollywood fixer. And again, I, <laughs> I, I don't want, I want to just make sure people know I didn't protect it. It's not like he did any Epstein type stuff. It was nothing, nothing. If it was anything malicious, I would have not gotten involved in uh, just because it would have been too sticky for me. This was sort of easy. And then he kind of took care of me. Did I get paid a million dollars? No. Did I get paid $50? Like it was an absurd amount of money, but it was probably my, one of my biggest paydays. Anyway, um, let's do, let's do, well, we got like two more. So let's go, okay. uh, Oshiri, uh, I think I'm saying that Oshiri Adri. Adri. Yes. Oh, who are your dream interviews for the podcast? Who was your favorite and least favorite interview? Well, I, I, I think we've said this for a long time. I'd love to have Oprah on. I mean, this is like dream guest. I yeah. don't think Oprah. Why? Because honestly, soon, but Oprah's doesn't bullshit. And that's the thing I like about her. She's real. You know, you see her answer. She's very real. I remember one time trying to interview Oprah on the street and I was giving her some like, you know, nice question. She goes, no, no, ask me what you really want to ask me and answer about Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. And she gave me the answer and it was awesome. But that's why I want Oprah. Who else is on your list, Dex? Uh, I mean, we've said Tori Spelling a million times. John Mayer, I think, would be a fun interview to have on here. Um, I mean, I feel like I have so many, but who? how about you? I have two more names. Oprah, number one. Um, then my other two are two random ones, but I just think would be really interesting if they opened up and I think they could open up. One is Sharon Stone okay, because I think she's just that legendary type person who's been around it a lot and has a good perspective of all different things Hollywood. The other one is, is sort of random, but I think he's I, – I really love following him on social media. I think he's funny and I think he has some great stories. Again, if he really loosened up and got loose is Joe Jonas. I think mm. Joe Jonas could be really fascinating. You know who would be, uh, and this just came to mind right now, could be a, if she was willing to be super honest and just like chat would be Chris Jenner. Man, Chris Jenner. I want to know about the skeletons in her closet. I would love to know the truth, but she doesn't talk. I wish she talked more she about being a business person anymore. She but that's the thing. Do she doesn't, she doesn't talk very much. And so to actually have her like sit down and, and go like, wh- how did you make the moves that you did? to really catapult the family because she was um, like the brains her and Kim are the brains behind the entire operation. And I would just love to peek inside of her brain just for a half second as, as more of just like a study, you know, on like pop culture and human nature and why they have become the phenomenons they have become. Who was your least favorite interview? Mine was, um, a celebrity chef. 
Celebrity Chef was terrible. That girl. I, I got to a fight with her on air. Like I got to a, like, <laughs> remember Dax? Like you're like you were like texting me during like Adam, calm down. I was like, no, this girl is just being an ass. Like <laughs> we're doing her a favor, you know. Um, the Celebrity Chef was terrible. Um, someone who I really didn't, I really wasn't fond of, um, was the Dance with the Star Cheryl Burke. Mm, yeah, that one was also kind of yeah. She was just kind of like we. I think we just caught her in a really bad day or something. She was not, yeah. She was she, she was, was not, not happy. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I think Cheryl Burke first. Who, and then Cheryl who Burke. was your favorite? My favorite. I always love talking to the Paps because their stories just crack me up. I still like every time in LA, I always have like you know really the LA photographers are really nice guys, and we'll go out for drinks and just share stories because it's so funny from. I mean, just it's just surreal. It's hysterical to me. Um, but also, I loved. Uh, obviously, I love Brooke Hogan. I love Mark McGrath uh, mm-hmm. of all people because he's just like a fun guy. Um, I liked. I mean, it was funny because at first he didn't want to come on the podcast, and then eventually he did. It was Wells Adams? I enjoyed yeah. talking to Wells. Who else? I would say, I'd say in the non famous category my favorite person was probably gary morgan who used to run splash news photography that one i just love because he didn't give an f and he was like yep kim k used to hire us take the like i loved that conversation because it was and kim, so and honest. kim got pissed from that interview yeah she did not like that no. <laughs> um i would say celebrity brooke hogan still goes down as I, I agree one of my favorite interviews and she's awesome and she's just literally coolest. Uh, other than that, God, I feel like there's so many. It was cool. You know getting it was Tara a female. Reed. Tara Reed was uh, fine. But you know who was a really great interview? And we did her so long ago. But it was a really great interview. It was um, from 90210, the second 90210. Remember the – what's her oh, name? Oh, are you talking about Anna Lim McCord? Yeah, Anna Lim McCord. That was – guys, if you haven't listened to that interview, that was – I would say one of our best interviews ever. It was so good that we didn't want to get off and we, we talked to her for like an hour and a half, two hours. And she dove deep into her childhood and her past and some of the stuff that she had been through and sexual abuse and like, I mean, un freaking believable interview. Go back and listen to Annalyn McCord. If you have never done it, it's mind blowing. Last question comes from Kristen Alyssa. Who are the st- who are the stinkiest celebs, good and bad? <laughs> um, oh, I know who I know who I remember their their odor. All right, so the stinkiest, good or bad celeb that I have ever met would probably be Mike the Situation and Polly D, and not in a bad way, they just wore so much cologne that I remember like that, that smell was like burned into my nose. And again, not a bad smell. They were just guidos who put on so much cologne that I was like, Whoa. when they walked in, yeah, so I would say stinkiest, but not in a bad way. I had a wrestler one time at the airport and he was like, he was one of those guys. He wasn't sweaty. There was just moisture on his body and he, he smelled. I remember he was oh this guy has an odor to him this and as far as but I remember Miranda Kerr she was at I think she was at Fox News she walked right she by me like heaven dude she had like that pretty girl smell where like that wind hits you after they walk by <laughs> like whoa what was that pretty it's girl like, man, smell she that pretty bath girl and body smell. works Love yeah I remember it was like man she smells like fairy dust I don't know what that is but she was like, <laughs> I'm it. Uh, Miranda Kerr I remember it smelling so good other than that I don't think I really smelled any celebrities i don't think um, i've had like a bad like interaction where someone reeked and it like i remember it being terrible afterwards i might be trying to think of like any celebrities who had bad breath and that hasn't even happened There's, i never got that close to them right i smelled their mm. breath um i wish i had a, i wish i had a better answer for this and i'm really trying to dig hard deep like think hard do i know it's like but i don't i don't recall anyone who even had bad breath but i remember there was one restaurant i forget the guy's name was random but i just remember how good miranda kerr smelled and i was like and it was outside too and i was like whoa how do you get that smell outside um, i do remember snoop dog walking past me and it reeked like weed. oh yeah 
Yeah, I mean that's um, that's different. But like that's it. like you expect it, <laughs> you know. Like at the time, I was like, oh yeah, that that's how I would expect Snoop to smell. I remember Mike Tyson pulled up to the Today Show one time, and I'm waiting for him to come out. To, and he opens the door, and then it was like, woof! It hits you like a brick. <laughs> to smell weed, like whoa! I didn't know you. Pulled. This is before like everyone knew Mike Tyson smoked weed, and yeah. it was like, whoa, Mike! What are you? What were you going on there? So you smell that a lot. And when I tell you these guys smoke weed in the car, they smoke weed in the car like you don't there i feel like what is this high school what are you guys doing right I, I, you know but it's uh pretty funny uh this was fun this was our ask us anything part two episode again we do this probably about once a quarter even though I it's really this. like part six at this point because yeah. we've done a couple of these yeah but it's uh this is fun i enjoy doing these things um thank you guys in the group our private facebook group called off the record would you guys should join if you're in that group you guys can ask these questions we'll do a little shout out on the podcast and also answer your questions uh follow us on tiktok instagram facebook we're on all we've been improving our social media lately uh where we do a lot of old clips and old videos that we've done in past episodes um it's just been really nice and cool follow me and adam glenn follow dax holt at dax holt we'll see you guys next week bye a Huda Media Production.